Well, good morning. Here we are in week number three of this series that we've called Jesus's Prayer for Us. And we're walking through John chapter 17, which is commonly known as Jesus's high priestly prayer. He's literally praying for us, his, his followers, his disciples. And so this is an incredibly important passage that we're covering because it's, it's all about Jesus praying for us. It's, it's about his purpose for us even. Uh, last week I asked a question kind of a little bit under the radar. It was really the most important question you'll ever consider. And the question last week was, do you know God? Like that is the most important question. That is the starting point because Jesus, as he prayed, he said, this is eternal life that we would know God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And so knowing God is all about having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, putting our faith in Jesus who, who lived a perfect life that we were meant to live. He died the death that we deserve to die because of our sin, our sin against God. But he didn't stop there. He rose again to offer us forgiveness and, and from our sins and, and, and power over sin that it wouldn't dominate us anymore. And so, do you know God? That's the most important question. But the question, if you can answer yes to that, that you've put your faith in Jesus, the next most important question, the, the question that would drive the rest of your, your life, the rest of your days, every, every waking moment of your life, here's the question I want to ask you today. Do you want to glorify God with your life? Do you want to glorify God with your life? That word glorify, it, it means to magnify. All right, you understand what a magnifying glass does? It makes something look larger. So to magnify God is to make him larger. To, another way we could say glorify is to exalt, which means to lift high. All right, we kind of put a spotlight on or put the attention. We, we hold him in high esteem. Or, or another way we could see it, or, or another way we could say glorify is it's to, to cause to be treated or, or seen as excellent. And so to glorify God means we, we, we make him big. We make him look excellent. We, we, we show off his power and his goodness and his grace. And so to glorify God really means, all it means is to make him look good with our life, the way that we live our life, the way that we talk and the way that we behave, the things that we do, the way that we love others, we glorify God. And so my question is, do you want to glorify God with your life? My hope that is if you know God, if his spirit is, is in you, you've confessed faith in him, that yeah, there's this deep down desire in your heart, in the depths of who you are, that you want to glorify God. You, you want to glorify Him. You know, that question, do you want to glorify God with your life? It's really asking, like, who or what is your life going to be about? Is it going to be about you? Is it, about, is it going to be about pursuing pleasure or, or these other pursuits that, that might make you happy or feel good? Is it going to be about you, someone, something else that you're pursuing? Or is it going to be about God? Is it, about, is it going to be about making Him look good? That everyone would see how good and gracious and powerful He is. Do you want to glorify God with your life? 
And if the answer is yes, and I hope that it is, I hope that you want to glorify God with your life. Because if it is, then we've got to pay attention to John chapter 17, this prayer that Jesus prays. In fact, look with me at John 17 verse 4. Jesus says this to his father. He says, I have glorified you on earth. Uh, If you want to glorify God, Jesus says, I've done it. He's coming to the end of his life and he said, with the life that you've given me, God, on this earth, I have glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. He says, I've glorified you with my life on this earth because I've accomplished, I've finished the work that you gave me to do. And in so doing, I've glorified you. So we, we learn a couple things. One, God gave Jesus a work to do. Like he gave him a job, a, a responsibility to do while he was on this earth. And, and so number one, God gave Jesus a work to do. A work to do. Number two, Jesus finished it. And he, when he came to the end of his life, he had accomplished the work that God gave him to do. And number three, in accomplishing or finishing this work, Jesus glorified God. And so we want to pay attention. We, we, this work that Jesus, that God gave to Jesus, that Jesus accomplished, that he glorified God through doing, this work that Jesus did is the work that we are called to do. It's the work that Jesus calls us to do. And if we want to glorify God, then we'll do what Jesus did. We'll do what Jesus did. And, and the rest of this chapter, the rest of this prayer, as Jesus prays for us, his prayer revolves around this work that he did. This work that he did, that he calls us to do. What he's praying for us revolves around us doing the work that he did. And so what we've got to figure out today is this. What exactly did Jesus do? What was the work that Jesus finished. And what is that work that he's called us to do? And that's what we want to look at today. And so I want us to kind of rewind and go backwards a little in the Gospel of John. We're in chapter 17. I want us to look back at John 4. Jesus is with his disciples and he, he, he's, he's continuing to teach them and grow them and instruct them. And he He says something really important here in John 4, verse 34. Jesus said to them, my food, the the thing that fills me up, that satisfies me, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Uh, The thing that fills me up is, is to do what the will of God who sent me and to accomplish the work that he sent me to do. And so, again, you know, this is, this is towards the beginning of his ministry. He says, the the thing that fills me up, my food is to accomplish the work that God gave me to do. He comes to the end of his life and he says, I've, I've come to the end and I've accomplished the work that you gave me to do, Father. I've glorified you because I finished the work that you gave me to do. So what was that work? Let me ask us a question, which is, this is a really legitimate question. Is, is the answer, is that work, is it John 19, verse 30? Let's go there. Let's fast forward now. Okay, we, we're, we're zooming past Jesus' prayer for us. 
We're going forward to John 19 where Jesus is, is on the cross. He has voluntarily allowed himself to be arrested and tried and now crucified. And he is doing this as the perfect, sinless Lamb of God. He is the God-man who has lived a sinless life. And now he is offering his life as a sacrifice for our sin and he says in John 19, verse 30, it says, When Jesus had received the sour wine, or some translations say this, vinegar, he said, it is what? It is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. And so the very last words of Jesus before he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. So when Jesus says, my work is to, uh, my, 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 my food is to finish the work that he sent me to do, and now on the cross he says, it is finished. Is this what he's, is this what he's talking about? I would say no, it's, this isn't what he is talking about. But, but let me clarify, because this work that Jesus does on the cross here, this is the finished work of Christ that, that, that we talk about so often. This is the one work that only he could do. This was the work of securing our salvation through his death and his burial and his resurrection. And only the perfect God-man, Jesus Christ, could do this work on our behalf. And it was finished. There's, there's no more sacrifice for sin that needs to take place. He did the sin, Hebrews says, or he did this sacrifice. He offered his life as one sacrifice for our sin, once and for all. And so he was the only one who could pull this off because he was a perfect God-man. But this isn't the work that he says he finished. Because remember, John 17, as he's praying to the Father, the work that he's finished has already been accomplished before he ever gets to the cross. And so what was Jesus talking about in John 19 when he says, it is finished? Well, if you look back at John 19, verse 28, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, in parentheses, to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. So, there's all these prophecies leading, like throughout the Old Testament, um, leading up to the life and then the death and, death and resurrection of Jesus. These prophecies leading up to his crucifixion. And the very final prophecy that needed to be met, that needed to be fulfilled, was this prophecy that said Jesus would cry out, I, I thirst, I'm thirsty. And then he would be given vinegar or sour wine to drink. And so it says, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. And then he was given the sour wine and he said, it is finished. So what is finished now is all the prophecies have been met. All the prophecies have been fulfilled in order for him to die on the cross. And now he's done. That work is finished. But this is this is, again, the only work that Jesus could do for us. But there was another work that he did, that he accomplished during his life on earth that he instructs us to do. What is that work? In John 17, he says, I've glorified you on the earth. I've accomplished the work that you gave me to do. What is that work? Well, 
as he prays to the Father, he reveals to us that work that he has accomplished. And, and I want us to look at this. The work that he finished was the work of making disciples. The work that he finished was the work of making disciples, making followers of himself. And let's look at it. There's a few verses here I want us to see. Look at John 17, verse number six. Jesus, again, still praying to his father. He says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. The first thing that he says is, I have manifested your name. What that means to make something manifest, it means to make, make something visible or to make it clear whether by words or by deeds, or both. And so Jesus says, what I've done, this work that I've accomplished, first of all, I have manifested your name. I've made the invisible God visible. I have shown these people that you've given me, God. I've shown them what you look like. I've shown them who you are and what you're all about. Up close, in the flesh, literally, God incarnate, Jesus says, I've manifested your name through my words, through my deeds, through my life. I've shown you, I've shown them what you look like. So that's, that's the first part. Drop down to verse number, verse number eight. He goes on and he says something else that he's done. Verse eight, for I have given them the words that you gave me and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you and they, they have believed that you sent me. Drop down to verse 14. Again, he says, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So the second thing he says is, I have given them your word. I've manifested your name to them. I've shown them what you look like. I've made the invisible God visible. And then I gave him your words. I've gave, I gave him the word of God that helped shape them and form them and grow them. And, and they believed it. They, they believed that I am from you and that you have sent me. And, and, and believing your word and being rooted in your word, the world hates them because the, the world has, has, made, has made them look like me, has conformed them to my image and the world hates them because they're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And so Jesus says, I've manifested your name and I've given them your word. And then he says one more thing here, verse number 18. Father, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And why did, why did God the Father send Jesus into the world? It's because we needed a Savior, right? It's, we, we needed rescue. We needed to be redeemed from our sin. And so God sent His Son, His only Son, God in the flesh. He sends Jesus on a rescue mission for us to reveal Himself to us, to show us the way and the truth and the life, the only way to the Father. And, and so... As the Father, Jesus says, as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And so there's a sending out to do the mission, to make disciples. 
This is the work that Jesus did while he was on the earth. This is the work that he accomplished. This is the work that glorified God. I've manifested your name to them. I've given them your word and I've sent them out into the world. I've shown them who you are. I've built them up and edified them in your word and I've equipped them and sent them out to go and do the same, to go and make disciples. I've finished the work that you sent me to do and I've glorified you. This is, this is why you know, when Jesus, he dies and he's buried three days later, he is resurrected and then he, he reappears to his disciples in, in resurrected bodily form. And he's, he's, he's with them for 40 days. And, and right before he goes back and ascends to the Father for good to his right hand, he gathers his disciples together on a hillside. And he gives them his last marching orders. Matthew 28, we call it the Great Commission. This is, this is our mission as God's people, the church and he says this, we saw this verse last week, Matthew 28, verse 20. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority has been given to me. So verse 19, go therefore and make what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so Jesus' last charge to his disciples was, was, I've got all the authority in heaven and on earth, and so now I'm giving you this charge, this, this mission, go and make disciples of all nations. In other words, I've, I've, I've invested my life into you, I've poured my life into you, I've reproduced my life into you. Now, it's your turn, y'all, because Jesus probably said y'all, right? It's your turn, y'all. Now it's your turn. Go and make disciples. Do what I have done with you and reproduce what I have done with you into, into others. Go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus started this movement of, of multiplication. This work that Jesus finished. The work of the Lord is this. Making disciples making disciples. Would you, would you, you know, maybe you're, you're home alone or with your family, would you say, would you, would you finish this out for me? The work of the Lord is making disciples. The work of the Lord is making disciples. This is what Jesus gave his life to. He gave his life to making disciples, to manifesting God's name to them by giving them his words and then sending them out on mission. This is what he gave his life to before he gave his life for them on the cross, before he died for them. This is what Jesus spent his earthly years doing. This is the work of the Lord. This is the work that Jesus finished, was to make disciples. He started the ball rolling, but that work of making disciples is unfinished. It's not yet done. He finished his part, which was to get it started. But then he passed on the baton, he passed on the mission to, to us, 
to his disciples, who would pass it on to other disciples, who would make disciples, who would make disciples. And the reason that you and I ever were exposed to the gospel is because, because Jesus started the ball rolling and because his disciples were faithful to obey and to do likewise and to make disciples, who would make disciples. This was the mission, is to make disciples. This is the work of the Lord, and it's an ongoing work. It's why he left us on this planet. His work is our work. The work of every disciple is to be a disciple-making disciple. It's not just to follow Jesus and to be a disciple. It's to be a disciple who makes disciples. It's not enough, y'all, to know God. What we were created for was to know him and to make him known, to make disciples who make disciples, to invest in others, our lives and the word of God, and to see them do the same with others. And so let me come back to that original question. We started off this sermon with that big question, and I want to come back around to it. The question is, do you want to glorify God with your life? After the question, do you know God? Do you know God? This is the most significant question of your life. Do you want your life to glorify God? Because your life is either going to spent, be spent in that pursuit or in pursuit of something else. Do you want to glorify God with your life? And again, if the answer is yes, here's the good news. Jesus has already shown us the way. Jesus had, has already lived the life and made plain to us the way to glorify the Father on earth with our lives. Let me say it this way. Here's what Jesus did. Here's what he calls us to do. It's to invest in a few. And I know that sounds cheesy because it rhymes, but that is the big idea this morning. What we are called to do is invest in a few. Not many, not everyone, but a few. I mean, think of Jesus, Jesus' mission. He, he wanted to get the good news of the gospel. He wanted to to get his grace, the message of his grace, to the whole world. And he easily could have, you know, pre-internet, pre-media, social media, pre-everything that could disseminate his, his message to the world. He, he, he could have, he could have shouted out the message of the gospel to the, to the whole earth from heaven. He could have done that. But he didn't. He didn't. He didn't, he, he didn't shout his his message through a megaphone from heaven. He came in the flesh to this earth and he poured his own life into 12 others, just a few others. And he said, now you go and do the same. And so God isn't calling us to, to reach the whole world on our own. Here's what he's calling every single one of us to do. It's to invest in a few two, three, four, I mean, over the course of our lives to invest ourselves, to re reproduce our spiritual maturity into the life of someone else. That is what we are left here to do. That is why we exist, y'all. 
And if you are, are, are not, are, if, you, if, you're, if you're feeling like your life has fallen short of being just like so richly, deeply fulfilling, it is because you, you, you're not spending your life on that behalf uh, for those things to invest in a few. Because as you start investing in a few, I'm telling you, God will bring life to you like you've never experienced because your life will be, it'll be used for what he created you for. And you'll begin to glorify God in the way that he intended for you and for me to glorify him. It's because we'll be doing the work of the Lord that he left us here to do. And so here, here, is, here is what I want to say to you. We're all in a different place in our spiritual journey, in our walk of, of faith. We're all in different places in, our, in, in where we're at. And, and that's okay. You know, we're like kids growing up. We're all in different phases of our maturity. But what God intends for all of us, we start as, as, as little babies, babies in Christ, and we grow to become young men and young women. And, and then we grow to maturity where we're adults and we begin to reproduce. We begin to reproduce spiritual life into others. That is what God has called us all to, to, to move through this, this, not just physical growth in our lives, but spiritual growth to where we reproduce other disciples of Jesus. And so wherever you are at, don't be, don't be ashamed, don't feel guilty that you're not further along. Just be honest about where you are. But then again, if you want to glorify God with your life, realize that the pathway to get there the way that we're going to glorify God is to live out his intentions for us. The things that he's praying for us in John 17, that we would manifest his name to others, that we would give his words to others, that we would speak life through his word, through his truth to others, and that we would send others out into the mission to do the same thing, to make disciples. And the trajectory for every single one of our lives, every single one of us that follow Jesus, is to invest in a few. And so maybe you're not there yet. But can I encourage you? Can I challenge you? Can, can you look at your life and make that the trajectory that you would grow in your faith and that you would be aiming to get to a place to be able to invest in a few? Because that is where full life is found. That's what God has intended for us. And so I want us to look at and consider the words of Paul, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and 58. Paul says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And so what Paul tells us is, is that we can be steadfast, we can be immovable, we can always be abounding in the work of the Lord, which is what? It's to make disciples, right? The work of the Lord, we can always be doing that because we're working out of a place of victory. Verse 57 says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. He gives victory, he has given us the victory. So therefore, we can be steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain because we're working out of a place of victory. We already have it. 
But Paul tells us that he encourages us as followers, disciples of Jesus. He says, here's the point of your life. To always be abounding. To, to always be busy about the work of the Lord. Let me ask you again, what is the work of the Lord? Making disciples. Making disciples. This is, this is what our life is to be about, y'all. Making disciples. The way that we have kind of translated it, uh, translated it for us here at Friendship is this. Helping others to find full life in Christ community, and mission. Helping others find full life in Christ's community and mission. This is our mission statement, which is nothing more than a restatement of the Great Commission. It is to make disciples. We want to root people in Christ in their relationship with Him. We want to root you. We want to root folks in community. That means the fellowship of, of God's people, God's family, in community, and we want to root people in, in a life of mission, which is serving others, manifesting his name through the way that we live, and also through sharing Christ, telling others. We, we give his words out to others. We invest his word into other people. And so we serve and we share. So we want to root people in a life of mission. This is this is our, our goal. This is why we exist at Friendship. It is to make disciples. It is to make disciple-making disciples. And so my heart for you, my prayer for you, my desire for you, for our church, is that we would be, that you would be a disciple-making disciple. That you would realize, that you would understand, that you would set your life to what God has called us to do, which is to invest in a few. Not everyone, not a lot, but a few, but a few. Now, as we, as we kind of wrap up this morning, I love, you know, this, the, the day that this is airing uh, online is the day that we're going back, uh, phase two, we're going back in the building, back to the temple. We're having services indoor starting uh, today, August 30th, as you, as you watch this. And I love, you know, I, over the last few weeks, we've been meeting out, outside, doing church outside, and all of this, I've loved it all, being able to gather back in person again. Man, it's been so good to be back with God's people in person and not just doing this through a screen. But as much as I love it, as much as I love gathering back together physically, face-to-face, -face, which we need to do, we're, we're, we're called to do, and I love doing. But the reality is, the truth is, if this is all there is, if Sunday mornings, doing the Sunday morning church thing is all we do, if, if that's all that we're about as the church, 
man, we have fallen so far short of the mark that God has for us. We've fallen so far, far short. God hasn't called us to come and to just consume. God has called us to contribute. God has called us not to just be poured into or to be spoken into or invested in. God has called us to be a people that, that is a channel through which his blessings, a channel through which his grace and his word flows that we would invest in a few others, that we would contribute and reproduce the life of Christ that others have reproduced into us, into others. That is what God has for us. Because y'all, the reality is, good Christians go to church. Good Christians go to church, but faithful, obedient, fruitful Christians invest in a few. Faithful, obedient, fruitful Christians do the work of the Lord. That's why he left us here, not just to go to church, not just to attend a service, not just to consume religious goods and services, but to invest our lives into a few others, to be disciples who make disciples. And y'all, if you would do that, if we would do that, we would be well on our way to living lives that glorify God on earth. Is that what you want? Because Jesus gave us the way forward. He put it on display, he lived it out, and now he commands us to do it. Not just commands us to do it, but man, he has invited us into this rich, full life by doing the work of the Lord. What God has called us to do is to invest in a few. Will you join us in this? Father God, thank you for, for what you have done. You, you have given us a way to live life to the full. You have not just given us a way to be rescued and redeemed from our sin, but you have, you have made it possible for us to live full life by doing what you did, by, by abounding in the work of the Lord. And so Lord, thank you for what Jesus has done for us. Thank you that Jesus started this thing rolling, that because of his faithfulness to the mission, to your work that you called him to do, because of the work, uh, the faithfulness of the disciples to continue that work, because of the faithfulness of the, the people who have invested in us over the years that brought the gospel of grace to us, because they kept the ball rolling that you started, we can know life and life to the full. And so Lord, we wanna be people who live that out, who continue who continue to multiply and continue from generation to generation that we would pass the gospel of grace on to others. And so God, I pray that you would help us to be honest about where we're at spiritually and that you would help us to take a next step in investing in a few 
Maybe we need to step into a relationship where we're being invested in so that we could be growing in our faith so that ultimately we could invest in a few. And so Lord, wherever we're at, would you help us to know what is the next step? Help us to be a church who is busy, who is, who is always abounding in the work of the Lord, that we are steadfast, immovable, and that we're knowing that we're labor, our labor is not in vain because you have given us victory. And so Lord, thank you that we can work out of the victory you have given us today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.